is it nice and warm already out there? Yep. Bay? We just got some rain right now and it got cool. Got that mountain cool type thing, you know. We don't get a lot of rain lately though, you know, but uh you know, being in the high desert, we kind of used to get a lot of this moisture, you know, but it's been kind of dry around here and we had to drought for many years, you know, and uh, it started coming back out of it. And so this rain's really nice, but it, it drops the temperature like crazy. It'll be really hot and all of a sudden it's freezing. Yeah. I mean, so, where are you at, I, it gets hot. I mean, it gets cold. I live in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and you? Where, I'm where down are you in Laredo, at? Texas. Laredo. Hey, man, Laredo. Um, you know, talking with George here and, you know, how we met, you know, jamming in the scene mm -hmm. and stuff. Uh, he was on tour with Leela and I came out and saw him and we had a mutual couple of friends, <laughs> I think, yeah. not just one. We a couple of friends that have crossed paths, you know, and so we got to talk and, and um, it turns out, you know, my dad is from Laredo, oh, too. Wow. you know, when when my grandmother and all them, you know, came over from Mexico, that's where they lived that for many years, you know. Nice Is your to family go. from from Tamaulipas or what part of Mexico? You know, that's I, that they're from down. They're by like Mexico City originally. Okay. Oh, okay. So then they came, but I don't know the whole story. That's been one of the things, man. I wish I would have. Um, I was trying to get talking with my dad a little bit more before he passed away a few years ago, and try to get some of that history that I didn't know. But you know, some of that just got lost sometimes. You know that that track, and you know, back in the day. They didn't, you know, it wasn't a thing, you know, you weren't an illegal man, you know, like my dad got his uh, citizenship when he ended up moving to El Paso and then joined the army. And they were like, yeah, sign right here, man, you know, so like, but there was times that I'm, I don't know what happened, but I know that Laredo was like my dad's growing up spot, man. And he used to work the grocery stores, like have to go down there for free, wait in line just to unpack the boxes. And then <laughs> yeah. they would hook them up and then bring them inside as a cashier. And then that's when you start on the clock, you know, for real. It's almost like you had a volunteer show what you're worth. You could do these trucks. And my dad was just a hard worker, met, became friends with a woman down there that she was in the oil business, her and her husband. And they treated my dad like their son. And, um, they kind of would buy him nice boots and stuff like that, make him look really nice, you know? And yeah. so he had that kind of vibe too, of like being sharp, but yeah, Laredo, man, I used to go down there as a little kid all the time, go see my tias and stuff. And I was that's so young. First, yeah. That's one of the first things that we spoke about when we first met, because you found a yes me where I was from. I told you, you were like, Oh shit, that's where I'm from too. Dude, like so many yeah. people, there's so many people from Laredo <laughs> that I'm like in the scene. I'm like, really? Wow, that's man. That's a great, I wish I would have known thing, you guys. Man. That's the strange thing. That's, well, that's yeah. the weird thing about it. You know, we talk to people and it's like, oh, I know somebody down there. And it's like, oh, I Everybody. met someone last maybe year. Maybe it's a part of like, <laughs> yeah, maybe just those routes, you know, where people travel through, you know, you got stuff like that in El Paso, you know, these sort of entry areas, you know, and yeah. like Laredo is just always kind of seem, seems like it's been like that, you know, since yeah. I can remember, but yeah, the hot summers, man, the crazy humidity and stuff. Ooh. It'd be crazy. <laughs> it's not like well, up here. Jess, I think that's a good spot for us to, to start this thing. What I'm ready. All right, here we go.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, everybody, welcome to tonight's episode of Down to Talk with Jesse and George. Once again, coming to you from Laredo, Texas and Queens, New York. And tonight we have a very special guest with us, Mr. Randy Sanchez, joining us from Santa Fe, New Mexico. Randy, thanks for being with us. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Welcome. Right welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Yeah. So just to just to to um, give you a little frame of reference, Randy, Jesse and I are our old buddies from Laredo. We we met in elementary school when we were like in the fourth grade <laughs> and both of our moms were teachers at the same school. And so and we that's which, you know, was the school that we went to. So uh, and our moms were friends. So, we, you know, we started kind of hanging. And then it turned out that I found out that Jesse was into accordion and like uh, Tejano music and Norteño music and stuff like that. So then we we started hanging and both of us got accordions. And, and ever since then, we've been into music. And also we went to the same high school and we went to the same. We started off at the same university in San Antonio at UTSA. And um, so, you know, we're both musicians and he's an educator. Um He's a a middle school band director at Kristen Middle there in Laredo. So when we were discussing about, uh, you know, our our future guests, I said, man, Randy is somebody that you got to meet. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> and, and especially since you're from, you know, since you have family from Laredo, close ties to Laredo. And also you're killing it up there in the music scene in New Mexico. So we're excited to have you, man. Hey, man. Thanks so much. You know, and just thinking about, you know, Laredo, right? You know, and the sort of uh, commonality we have with this place. You know, like I was, uh, I wish I could have known you guys when I would go down there to visit some family too. You know, I, I didn't really have anybody other than my aunt, you know, and, and that kind of just sort of my family's a little distance there, but my, my dad and I would go down there quite a bit, you know, and then we would go to San Antonio, you know, to hang out and eat there and stuff. And then, but check out the scene, you know, and, and I was kind of like, as a, at a young age, I was born in El Paso and sort of made my way up through New Mexico, ending up here in Santa Fe, New Mexico. But, um, you know, we would go down that way and I, w I started getting kind of well, well, <clears throat> not well-versed, but at least familiar with what like, like Tejano music kind of was and that kind of vibe down there. And then as I got older in school, and I was playing a lot of, you know, just like guitar. I wasn't really playing with anybody. I was just kind of studying when I was in high school. Some of the kids from the program, really, the really talented drummers and stuff, they would go to San Antonio like a pilgrimage, man, and <laughs> yeah. try to ch make their chops with those bands down there, you know. And But, you know, Laredo and all, and, and, and that kind of um, connection that we have, I think, for me, George, you know, that's how we met. You know, now, Jesse, it's kind of cool to see this vibe and, feel like I've known you guys in a way just because you're from there, <laughs> you know, a little bit more connection right away. So, and that's awesome yeah. that you're an educator, man. Uh, you know, big, big props to you. Man. <laughs> Thanks, man. And keep spreading, you know, the knowledge out there to the kids and stuff. And we need, we need the teachers out there and, you know, yeah. the music programs going for everything. It's you a know? work in so, progress. You know, every, every day we, 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 you know, every day we're, 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 we're hitting it hard to see what's going to come out of this whole you know, uh, especially this year, you know, especially this year. We, yeah. We, right. And, uh, but it's a different realm of music and, um, of, of, of the music business, you know, we, we do the music education. Right. And, and uh, but we're, we're, we're trying hard every single day, man. 
And I'm, 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 well, what a set of challenges you guys had, man. It was just mm -hmm. that was so nutty, you know. And and now look at kind of what we're doing now. You know, I'm sure you guys had virtual. You know, everything became mm -hmm. virtual. And then now look at like how it's morphing into. You know, now you guys are doing a show, <laughs> buddies from across the way. You know, all the way we can share in this moment together. And out of the things, the challenges you guys probably had in, in education and music. We're, we're going to learn from these things, you know, and these things can be very beneficial to our futures as well, yeah. you know, so. Oh, Randy, I accidentally turned off your camera. Can you? Oh, that's that okay. Around? Yeah, I will. It was kind of freaking out. It's kind of freaking out a little bit. Freezing you know, it's probably my Wi-Fi. I'm doing a little Max Hedrum kind of situation. Oh, that's, all, that's all good. That's, that's all good. Anyway, um, yeah. So, okay. So you you were born in, in El Paso, Randy. Did you start? uh studying music in, in school or was it something that you picked up at home and like with your buddies well yeah no it was as at home with my buddies you know um yeah. i did study some tuba when i was in sixth grade and ah. it just kind of went there though you know and i had i had won the solo ensemble uh contest that we had and and then one year went by and, and i didn't study any music <laughs> and then i went yeah. Yeah, and that was it, that one year though, you know, that can pass. And, you know, this is the thing that's really important about like education, you know, and how, you know, there's always like kids that some unfortunately just kind of fall through the cracks, you know, no matter how hard you guys try to catch everything, you know, um, I kind of was one of them kids, you know, just missed that year, d didn't really have the encouragement even in my own family. Not that it was a bad thing, just, you know, it just wasn't a thing. And then when I tried to get back into it, my, my chops felt gone, you know, and then I was competing mm. against kids for like first chair that were just like amazing, you know? Mm. So, um, sorry about my camera. I don't know why it's wigging out all of a sudden here. Maybe I can fix my Wi-Fi, but anyway, okay. you know, um, kind of, where was I at? Sorry, I got distracted there. My dog walked in too, so, um, <laughs> that, uh, uh, yeah, when you were young in, in, in school, you took that year off. Yeah, yeah, I took that year off. And when I went back, it just was really hard to get back into it, you know, competing against first chair kids and stuff like that. So, you know, I think the next, you know, thing for me to look at was guitar, right? Because uh, every kid was doing it, you know, yeah. rock was so influential. And so I picked up the guitar and my mom, you know, got me my first guitar, got me my first lessons with Ralph Sines, which is pretty, pretty oh, impressive I was, too. I was, I was just about to ask you about Ralph another a fellow uh he's another really really great new mexican guitarist and you know ralph right i do I that's do. so wild man you know that's how small it is right he was my first guitar teacher you know and we're and we're not related that we no. know i mean we're not yeah like, we, i related. remember we talked about that a little bit yeah because it's just you know yeah but it's so wild that we would we know these guys right you know and so yeah. he got me into like sort of playing and even that, you know, I was trying to give him Megadeth songs, bro. And if you know Ralph, you know, he's, he's not going to play like Holy Wars and try to, you know, the riffs are just, it's oh, no. just, a, I was looking at different styles. I didn't even know, but I kept with it. You know, I just kind of was intrigued by guitar and I wish I had YouTube and things like that of the day. Now, you know, I could, I've done so much more searching, but you had to look at tapes and listen to things and. And well, luckily, I mean, it, yeah, it, it, there's something to be said about that, though, because uh, I I have experience, uh, you know, with teaching young students these days where 
um, some of them will learn songs directly from a YouTube tutorial. Uh huh. And 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 it's fine in the sense where they can they learn how to play the tune, right? And yeah. They can, and they can learn it, and but uh, there's another aspect to that is that they most of those videos don't teach you what you're playing. They don't they don't teach you uh you know what you know a lot of times it's it's you don't know what key you're in you know you say okay or that's fine you can play it that's awesome but you know what key you're in and most of the oh well no just <laughs> but do you know what notes away. what scale you're it takes playing away from the from the yeah. whole education part but uh, right. right it teaches you how yeah, to mimic it, somebody instead of I see it, it I see it as uh, something that can be very useful for for the students as well because they they do pick up a lot of stuff from it as well um i know a bunch of my students that they'll come back hey sir check this out and they're playing like a random little riff i mean they could do mario brothers like super mario brothers little tune and and they're playing it. i mean that stuff is <laughs> not that easy you know to pick up as a sixth grader on a saxophone or something you know and no, and, no, and they not. could hear it and i think that in that side on that side i mean i think it's uh beneficial but yeah i mean it just takes it does take away a lot of the kids are, i learned this tune and like oh wait, can you play this other tune and they're like uh no i need to go back and watch another video you know and and i think yeah. that's what, what gets it but well you know that's pretty wild that you the ear training right though yeah. is like ear training helps super impressive no if they can do that and they pull that off but yeah that whole lack of what's kind of going on i you know i fell into that type of thing you know where I had to learn on my own what I was doing and didn't quite know what I was doing and had to search those own sort of answers out for myself, you know, by finding friends that were educators. You know, the older I got, a lot of those uh, friends that were studying music started to become like band directors, you know, and, and so you they were they were educators in that sense. And right. I picked their brain a little bit about that kind of stuff, too. And um, yeah, you know, it, it's it's definitely two different you know two worlds but you know how to bring them together yeah and i I mean one thing's for sure there's no wrong way to learn or to teach you or to teach yourself too i mean for example i i never i never took any accordion lessons when i first started taking accordion i mean uh, taking up the accordion and um and i never studied with anybody privately and so that forced me to have to find everything myself, which was very frustrating. Yeah. And and it, and it did, you know, when you're young, you also have other things going on, too. Right. You're playing sports. You're hanging out with your friends. You're going with you're hanging out with your family. So um, uh, in, in retrospect, uh, it's kind of a double edged sword because I think it was a good thing that I had to kind of figure it out for myself. That helped me out as a musician. But right. then on the other hand, I realized that if I did have a teacher, I could potentially be much better now as an adult. Right. <laughs> so I know. so it's it's you never know, but that doesn't mean that that's a wrong way either, you know. Uh as long as as long as you're you're playing and you're trying to figure it out. That's what I love about transcribing how we used to do it, right? And I know Jesse you you remember this, we used to sit with cassette Boy. tapes and try to and try to learn songs on accordion mm-hmm. but 
I mean, forget about watching videos. This was just about play, pressing play and then even, rewind. Even and just learning chord progressions. <laughs> learning some chord progressions, like the, the most simple chord progression. Yeah. It was a, something just wow for us, you know, when we were younger. And, but yeah, it, 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 that, was, that, was a, that was a fun part about it, you know? Yeah, one, one time I, uh, I wanted to, I, I would go out and, I don't know, maybe I was, I was still too young. It was weird how I'd get into this bar in Las Cruces, <laughs> but they would do like a jazz and Wednesday jazz night with these educators, you know, the music teachers. <clears throat> and I'd head down there, you know, and I was kind of like, wow, you know, it's kind of the first time I was exposed to like, I guess a jam session, right? You know, cause like in jazz, you know, you got your charts and then all, then you got your improvising, right. That happens and becomes like this jam amongst friends and, I was like, wow, the communication's wild, you know? And it's like, you know, even though I had studied like tuba a little bit and then tried to keep up and then it didn't work for me and went to guitar, I didn't realize about that I was reading charts back in the day, you know, and I was, that's what I was doing. And then I looked and see these guys have the real book, you know, and they all have this, that crazy binder version of the real book, you know, and volumes Mm -hmm. one through three, at least, you know, and I was like, all right, you know, and let me get one of those. I'll get volume one, (laughs) you know? So I pick it up and I was like, Oh, I don't know what this means, man. You know, like that was way beyond, you know? And so I got a book, um, Sal Salvador. He used to write with for Hal Leonard or, I mean, I'm sorry for Mel Bay. And he did this whole like court court uh, diagrams for guitar and, you know, what they were and showed where the root was right on these shapes you know and and also laid it out too like what the intervals were on these notes that you'd press down but you know the target was that root note you know to figure out where that was so then kind of was like all right and then i'd go to the book i'd look and it would say like whatever you know e minor seven or whatever and okay cool where all right then next thing you know you're like oh well i can't get that next chord if i'm down here i gotta like figure out e minor seven in another position to really get okay and you know and just kind of went from there and then one day i showed up to that jam session i was like hey man you think uh, i can sit in a couple and they're like yeah sure you know and i was like cool um let's do autumn leaves <laughs> well mm-hmm. i was like great you know and, and that went really well and then um i i just kind of was it um the um uh is it black orpheus orpheus that, that oh, one song yeah, yeah right that one too. I, and they were like, wow, you know, like they never, nobody really called, ever called that tune in that group, I guess, you know? And they were like, they'd always played Autumn Leaves, but then once <laughs> right. we played that, they were like, wow, what a great selection. It was almost like I called a good song selection, you know, like when they're on American <laughs> Idol, you know, that's usually what it yeah. is. Good song selection, you know? And so it just went from there and that turned me on to that, you know, just learning more, playing with these guys and sort of being in that scene even though I was never really in that scene of educators, you know? But man, you know, when you, when you hear you play now, um, it's amazing because you would, you know, it's, it's funny how you, you can never really pinpoint one's personal journey when it comes to music. Once you hear the finished product, not that it's ever finished, right. We're always evolving the way we play. Right. But, um, but when you take into perspective where you started back then, right, you're trying to figure it out. And and now, and granted, we never stop learning about our instruments. That, that That's going to keep on going until we die. 
but but man now you play great guitar you play acoustic guitar you play electric guitar i know you you also play tres right yeah 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 trying some some tres cubano you know and try to dabble around and you know it's they're so they're all such disciplines you know and um but i still just want to keep learning you know what, what are you whatever. doing what, what, just, what is it that you're working on right now what, what, what's going on what's so I play in a few different groups, you know, but I was going to say real quick, let me see if I can fix this camera because I'm seeing it up here. Let me turn it off on my end. I think it sure. might be my GoPro and I won't lose you guys here and I'll turn it back on. Sure. All right. Yeah. So we're back and projects. Noe Isus Santos. Yeah, that's one of the things I got going on. That's yeah. the hat I'm wearing right now. Right. But that one's that one's a lot of fun and, and kind of got a really, uh, uh, you know, during this time of pandemic, right? <laughs> this band really had an album that was coming out, you know, in May and of 2020. And then boom, here comes the pandemic, you know, and trying to figure out how to put everything out and do whatever. And of course it doesn't do what we wanted it to do. You know, there was no way we could even tour to back it up or anything, you know, so yeah. we just put it out there, you know, made a video, made some stuff and, and then just, started to um you know we went into lockdown there right and some of us didn't see each other for months and it was like okay but then we started to think well we got to keep we got to put something out you know and then this technology really started settling in or you know we all realized we're gonna have to figure out how to use it <laughs> you know so mm -hmm. we, we started making these videos and things like that and staying viable you know or invisible actually you know out there in public i guess as much as we could and it it worked, you know, and I, we were able to get some really cool stuff, some new ideas and keep together as a group, as far as like, yeah, this is, you know, the project could still keep going on. So then now as everything started to, you know, it's starting to ease down a little bit now, um, now some shows are coming out. So we're kind of excited to move on with that. Start getting back. I think out it's there. picking up everywhere. Yeah, we're looking forward to starting to pick up everywhere. It's, it's uh, I know here down here in South Texas, uh, Anywhere you go, I mean, it's just packed. It's packed. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. People everywhere, live music going on now, like any other day, any other year. Like, no, what happened to the pandemic? Um, but, yeah, it's it's it's, it's wild. Um, it is wild. You know. It, it's impressive. <laughs> I mean, it's. It, it, and, I hope it lasts. This feelings last, though. Yeah, you know? yeah no, I, I mean, it's good for all musicians out there, you know, because it's live music was i mean everything was dead man everything was dead and and now now that you know everything's picking back up it just it feels good it, it just puts you in the right mood again to to hey man no, i want to go play again absolutely absolutely hey and so what, what what's uh what kind of style is does the band have what style of music is it well, it's it's sort of a mix of of stuff, just influences, you know, a little bit of rock and espanol, I guess, kind of would be in there, but some cumbia groove, um, and just also like, what are people doing nowadays? You know, like what kind of sounds are going out there? I mean, still trying, you know, still in the Latin genre, you know, we're we're getting into these world music festivals, which is really great with the Noisu Santos project, which is somehow managed to get that niche into there you know and you would think i mean well, a lot of times these groups are there but we just happen to find these this spot in these um sort of world music festivals that happen in the midwest and canada quite a bit you know right, right. and uh it's just kind of 
you know, wild to, to feel these, I mean, to see these differences in, in, in music. And I, I, I don't know. I love, I love stylistically how people are. I mean, you know, Leela Downs was huge, you know, for me listening to some of that stuff and what she does, you know, I mean, it's, she's sort of like the perfect example of some of that how she likes to cross over things, you know, she's very much a tradition traditionalist, you know, she's very culturally aware of things, but yet she's also like, you know, let's make some new stuff too. Like let's, let's, yeah. let's keep yeah. this viable. Right. You know? And then, I mean, she can play it however you want, <laughs> you know, but the way she presents it in her shows and, and how she is, I saw that as something that was just like, that's very cool. You know, it's okay. What, what else can happen with this? You know? And so as I met up with, uh, Noelia Sosa, she's from Honduras and she's kind of has a, you know, amazing voice. She'd been part of the scene down there. She had kind of been on, on, um, a few television shows and things like that, you know, but she has like this talent and this, this charisma, but man, she can sing, you know? And, I was like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, that's really for me. I'm like, wow, you know, that, that, that voice and the talent. So we would get together, we start playing, you know, I had my guitar stuff and I just had certain ideas and I played with nosotros and, and a few Latin groups throughout the, this, this time, you know, and I started playing, I was playing with this band called Baracutanga um, out of Albuquerque, comprised of a lot of uh, South Americans, musicians, South American musicians. Mm. Wasn't Jesse Parker in that? No, Jesse. Well? Jesse was out there in Phoenix, but we know Jesse from Cruces uh, back in school. Oh, okay. you know, NMSU days, kind of right. right, or at least one side yeah. of the band knows Jesse from there, and then I know Jesse through that through them, you know. But yeah, you know, okay. so as, as the, all these styles are just kind of coming in to play for me as I've as I've grown up around listening to this music, because when I started, I was all about heavy metal, Slayer. Megadeth, Metallica, <laughs> you know, I didn't like Poison at the time. Now, you know, I've my 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 mind's expanded, you know, and I definitely have appreciation for music. But when I was growing up, yeah. you know, it was all about that. And so being exposed to it's all always new to me. Playing with Barakutanga turned me on to so many styles out in South America. I mean, we forget we're on this side. We're up here in this continent, you know, and there's a whole nother yeah, world down small, there, man. It's a small side. Yeah, yeah definitely. Whole nother world. So, you know, it's interesting that styles. you say that, you know, the style of music that you grew up with and then look where you've expanded to, you know, like where, where you've actually got into. And that's, that's, uh, that's something to, to admire on, 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 in any musician because, for example, I, I know like me and George grew up listening to the Tejano scene. We were in the Tejano scene. We were listening to a lot of, um, bolero style trio music right. and uh, listening to those type of the different styles that each trio had and progressions and going on you know we were always trying to figure out harmonies and doing all these things and then we venture out into college and you know george is up at and up in berkeley um i'm over in san antonio doing music ed you know are just the amount of musical styles that are out there oh, uh, and and just by listening listening and and being a part of a group it just really really opens up your your uh i guess your your your, your 
your mind, your, you know, your, your palate, your, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's amazing because you you say you're going from hard heavy metal to uh, South American to some to some beautiful like I mean I mean these melodies yeah. though. And some the way yeah. some people would sing them or play them, I was like, yeah. what? I've never heard anything like that <laughs> either. <laughs> you know? So yeah, 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 yeah. And is is the music that you play, are they is it original music? Yeah. So, you know, well uh the majority of it's you know, what we're trying to put out there is original music. Um right. but then we like to, you know, take arrangements of, of some tunes also, you know, just to sort of put in that that filler vibe you know and also have that thing of these are the these are the bands that influenced us you know our general sound you know and i've got we've kind of always done that and all the bands that i've played with you know they've really strived to uh put out original music um but they had also you know we had all these great covers and a lot of times it was songs that i never heard of you know even in noisy santos i learn new stuff all the time even in Nosotros right now, a band that's been, we've been doing this for like 28 years now with just stuff. And it's like. And Nosotros is, is, uh, I've seen you all play a few times. Great. Salsa. Uh, salsa like a band, mix of stuff. Right? But also, yeah. A, yeah, a mix of rock and salsa, Latin music. Yeah, general. we get, you know, that band definitely got just kind of put into like a thing because that band started, that was my first group really of playing music and i got together with three guys from las cruces after i came back from santa fe studying some music up here right after high school mm -hmm. and uh I, we were really heavily in i was heavily influenced or thought you know really loved listening to you know john mclaughlin paco de lucia al di miola you know that guitar trio friday night in san francisco blew my mind you know and i was like wow and you know and i come back and then i've taught when i go back i meet a couple of friends that are like I, I have acoustic and i like that too so you know i'm like there's three of us <laughs> you know and so man you know we didn't know what we were doing though still we we're very novice but we just had that drive and just kind of went down from there and and then it progressed up from an instrumental trio to then meeting other guys that then like Felipe Rival, who brought in these vocals, and you know, he went down to Guadalajara and studied down there with those mariachis to get some to get the voice vibe, you know. But he was also into Cafe Tacuba and all these other groups, you know, and Leo Downs, right? And he's the one that brought these influences to us, you know. And and but so then I'm I'm listening to that too, and then we become kind of this um dude. We used to play like Gypsy Kings, and oh yeah. People thought those were our tunes because they never heard Gypsy Kings before when we would go playing for them up here in Santa Fe. You know, right. we'd play this and they were just like, you know, and that's like, okay, you know, but then make sure you tell them who the artist is. And what's cool is that then they were turned on to the Gypsy Kings, you know, and then they went and found their own sort of musical vibe that they probably never heard of either, yeah. even if they weren't musicians. It influenced right. their musical palette for sure, you know, like you're saying about growing up listening yeah. to what you guys were doing but then you're also influenced as you go to school of everybody else that comes there right yeah. and you're like yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. much stuff out there man you know and people want to say oh certain music's dead certain this and that and man I, you can't do it won't happen you know music will definitely Never. morph into something else you know or a different style and it's oh, it's great always. you know i'm excited to hear new things come out every day so. That's cool. 
you know what's uh what oh, you mentioned uh you were your first lessons were were with uh Ralph Sines on on for guitar yeah Ralph Sines all right yeah and what happened after that I mean was this in high school yeah so I got my first guitar when I was like 13 and Ralph was my first teacher from there and I maybe studied with him for like maybe six months you know when you're young it probably seemed like forever but you know too I, we didn't have a lot of money either you know it was kind of hard to maintain a weekly guitar lesson all the time you know and I kind of reached a point where it wasn't like Ralph like I surpassed Ralph by any means man it's just you know he had he had a style and now I understand that what that is you know of he wanted, you know, here comes this kid. Hey, man, can you show me this box? You know, just, and he's like, oh, my God, you know. <laughs> he's, I, can, I definitely can relate now. But he also didn't give me that vibe at that time. But I could, you know, I, you just kind of just, we, I just kind of stopped taking lessons with Ralph. And then I would just sort of listen to a lot of things. And there was a point where I was, like, writing stuff on guitar, and not knowing yeah. what I was doing, just like my fingers would go here and I would remember that pattern and that this whole process and the rhythmic things. And then I would compose songs like that, but I wouldn't know what they were or if they were right or wrong. They sounded cool, you know, to me at that time. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. And you continued yeah. all through high school uh, playing guitar. Just kind of doing that. Yeah, you know, and I didn't yeah. really jam in any bands in high school, you know. I mean, I just kind of. Just on your own. Yeah, just on my own. And I I remember one night we, I hung out with these guys and we we, we, we partied a little bit. <laughs> we were having a good time. That was one of the first jams we ever had. But I remember I was laughing so much because of we were just sort of joking around with the music, like we we're playing heavy metal, but the guy was singing and we were just laughing though. Cause it just was, I guess it was kind of made us feel like ticklish. Cause it sounded like somewhat good to me. Right. I was almost like, kind of like giddy, like, wow, man, we sound that good. Mm -hmm. Like it sounds, but yet we're laughing at it, you know, cause it's just so much fun. And, but I didn't really have any buddies that were, you know, want to throw down in high school, you know, I mean, it, where I lived was out in the middle of the desert too. You know, there wasn't anybody really around. So vehicles were super important yeah. to have once you reach like 16 or something, you know, get a car so you could get at right. least a civilization, you know, somewhat. So, and then, you know, without the internet and stuff, yeah, it was all about buying tapes, you know, and listening to stuff. Hell yeah. Um, and transcribing, just transcribe, trying to learn stuff. Yeah, there was things that I remember grabbing it and being like, this is impossible. How how would somebody play this? Or what is this, you know? And then next, you know, I'm hanging. Were you into, uh, uh, were you into uh, Eddie Van Halen? Yeah, because my brother, you know, was all Van Halen, Boston, you know, that whole era of, of yeah, classic probably. or that rock era, you know, guitar-oriented guitar yeah. sort of pop rock at that time right um yeah. yeah so you know i was familiar with eddie but being young i don't know it never really it wasn't in that influence for me like where that i don't know like i guess i just had heard it so it's, i don't remember the first time i heard eddie i just know right. of eddie i think more influential for me for eddie van halen is like 1984's 
or or jump you know that whole that whole part of of oh yeah that album where it goes from 1984 into jump like that i hear more that was like what you know as opposed to like the crazy guitar <laughs> stuff you know just for some reason yeah. you know with those synths, those synths those those 80 that's synth. 80 cent man was just it's a iconic yeah and so my brother you know definitely he was into guitar rock but i didn't really have anything to to play you know and he didn't play any instruments so i was kind of left on my own for a little bit there and then how about your pops was he my dad liked to sing you know but it was my grandmother mm -hmm. who you know is oh. who was living you know definitely lived in laredo for quite a number of years she's the one she was a music teacher down there she um also oh. she taught piano um she played mandolin and guitar and stuff and you know i remember like pretty much to like what she lived to be 97 or something and up until like when she passed away she would always play like happy birthday and or las manionitas or something whatever on mandolin for oh, wow. anybody you know. so she mandolin. yeah yeah she was all about you know just kind of shredding that you know or i mean and yeah she, she was you know holding for you know, she, she, could, she could still just jam this instrument you know well and and mandolin back in the day was a much more popular instrument than it is yeah. today i mean not that it's not popular but it was more i mean there were <coughs> It feels like they were more in circulation and people were playing them more like guitars, like, oh, you know, I have a guitar, I have a mandolin. They were used a lot in music back, especially like back in the 30s and 40s. Yeah, it's kind of like what the ukulele is now, a days, you know, like the, the instrument yeah, to get into right. kind yeah, of thing, you exactly. know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you know, that's, it's, it's been just kind of a wild trip, you know? I, I remember wanting to kind of be, and playing music when I was young and you know not I, I think George and I were talking the other day when we were talking about doing this podcast you know and was catching up about you know the pandemic and what it did you know and I mm -hmm. you know it was a dream to be like a musician it's kind of a hard life in a way too because you it's it's not the you know it's definitely not the best of monies until you know unless you get really hit it you know but it's better than a lot of jobs out there, you know, and, and I'm, and I'm good at what I do here. You know, this is where I thrive, you know, I don't, I mean, you love yeah, it. You love I don't, it. and then that's, and that's, I can't know. thrive like at some other places, you know, I can definitely work and stuff, but where I'm, I think, you know, where I shine and I'm better for my community even <laughs> is me playing music, you know, and I managed to get in groups that were working and we're part of the scenes here and not just like a bar band, but like, you know, significantly doing some gigs like I Nosotros, you know, we've got some really cool stuff coming up for for things that I'm really proud to be part of, too, you know, and being called upon to do some of these gigs is very honorable, you know, too. And um, and and I'm starting to work again with it. You know, I can you know, I it, my I ran my business my music business as a business and fortunately i was able to you know get the state unemployment health during this time and it was you know definitely a mm -hmm. challenge but these things definitely worked out for me but i i had it i've always treated this as a business from pretty much day one you know i i started right. nosotros back in 93 and we would do a few gigs and all of a sudden we're doing some you know money gigs and 
man, I didn't know anything about New Mexico gross receipts tax until like it came time to get a bill. And then I was like, really? That was a lesson learned, man. I wish I would have learned that in high school, man. You know, but yeah, you know, from that point early on, from when I was like maybe 19 years old, I was very, tried to be very business oriented, at least with the music. It's not that hard. You know, it's not too much stuff, but you, you do have to kind of no. treat it like that if you want to do it you know so yeah it's a business it's a business and you're you're your own employer. you're your own employer you so, know yeah and our sick days are man it's you don't get none right there are no sick they're days. just aren't you know you have to save well another and, thing yeah and another thing is um there's no weekends no weekend. there's no such thing as a weekend because if you can work every day well you do it uh there's no saturday and sunday although my saturday and sundays resemble more like mondays and tuesdays right right <laughs> yeah exactly and that's kind of what mine my mine are too monday and tuesdays are my weekends you know yeah. get done with that week but but even on the weekend uh, i'm probably in <clears throat> in the studio yeah like, practicing or editing something or recording something yeah yeah but i mean that's it's uh if it doesn't feel like uh like a job then that's when you know that that you kind of you're uh right on the mark exactly where it, when it it is the job but you're not feeling like it's it's this job you know i mean i told myself after this pandemic comes through i'm not going to take it advantage or not i'm not going to um take for granted performances or gigs that come up you know or chances to play with people if, if it works out you know i'm just i'm just not going to it's going to be special every time and then if it's like rough too much sun or you know and they're just tired this and that i'm going to go back to thinking about like man we just we didn't have this this was gone man like that's crazy yeah. you know like you got a taste of what it's like to for it to be gone and Totally. I, it went by kind of fast here after a while, you know, a few years from now, it'll feel like a flash in the pan. Right. Cause relative to how long that was to how many more years gone past. Right. It's going to seem right. a long time ago and all that, but man, I don't, I want that lesson to be stuck in my brain, like them taxes, <laughs> you know, like yeah. running a business, like, wow, it could have been taken away so quickly. And, um, I'm going to make sure that I cherish like all the moments and, you know, yeah, I think every, every moment now it's very, every moment, right. It's just, yeah. Every moment now it's like, uh, we, we, we went, we hadn't gone out in a while. My my wife and I, and, uh, and, uh, we, yeah. we hung out with some friends this past weekend and it's just like, you know, nowadays it's like, man, you can't just back then we were like, oh, we're too tired or, you know, we're, worked all week and yeah uh, i'm not gonna do anything well, i'm not gonna play tonight and like you said you know uh you know sometimes i had to be out of town so i would say no to a gig that they would, they would you know they had called me for yeah. and and uh it didn't hurt but now it's like yeah, you just you're looking for that and we went out and it just felt very 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 weird i think me and george were talking about that that even when people talk to you without a mask and it, 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 you know you still feel weird and oh and man you know, it, it I had my throws first you normal. off, but yeah, my first normal weekend was like that. Like what you said, just all of a sudden you're, it's like, we're being told to take mm -hmm. the seatbelts off. 
you know, yeah. like try to get in your yeah. car and take, yeah. don't take the seatbelt off. You know, it's going to feel really yeah. weird. Right. And it was weird. I was like, okay. And, but I was also like, well, you know, <laughs> it was the whole situation was so crazy, you know, with everything going on the, from, you know, science to politics to just everything. It's like this crazy, crazy storm. And then now that we're kind of, we we've made we're making it there you know it's it's so it's very like um i guess we, we sometimes wonder you know i i mean this is my own opinion but i i, I feel like are we deserving of this now like I, are we are we worthy did we did we Hell did yeah. we battle it Hell through yeah. yeah and we did you know like i, I keep coming back to that and, well, and over this weekend i had my most normal weekend back i had three gigs kind of like what it would do when it was like a sort of normal times, you know, like pre pandemic. Yeah. yeah. And, and dude, people were tipping like tips. The band never got tips on anything, you know, and we just, so we never even bothered. Like it wasn't even like put out, like we weren't that kind of group per se, you know? And then, you know, now everybody's putting it there and that, and then getting paid. And I'm like, wow, you know, I can see like some appreciation from even the, um, the audience members themselves that they missed it too. Like as much as we missed it, yeah. they missed it too. I mean, unfortunately, it took a pandemic <laughs> for people to realize that they should that they need to appreciate something that's right in their in front of their face all the time. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, now you're you're right. Now people are are realizing uh, they're appreciating the things that they realize that they were overlooking yeah. before the pandemic happened. Everybody's always so wrapped up in everyday life and and everything and your problems and stuff and and it's easy to overlook the little things right, right? not that music entertainment is a, a little thing it's it's a huge thing but it's easy to kind of forget how important it is and people now are they're they're realizing it and that's why they're opening up the wallets a little bit yeah and and, and i hope good. they keep that up you know i really do i i i want them to just you know i mean that's how we all should be. Even me, I went out and I, I, when I first kind of this, that Evangelos were our, the last time we hung out. Oh, I love that. Right. Place. That was pretty much place. the last yeah. hangout we had right at pandemic. Me and George got together and here in Santa Fe. Yeah. And then it was like a great, 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 uh, little club bar. bar. It's more like a bar, like a, little a divey, right? It's a little divey, divey but with a stage, yeah. Yeah. but it's got, Right next to Burro, alley. yeah, yeah, and then right, le right next alley. to the Linzig where you guys play, you know, like a, like this yeah. really world class venue, you know, and Great spot, um, yeah. but I went down there, you know, to go have a drink and stuff and kind of kick back, and um, I didn't, I they're they're just doing small stuff in there right now, or at least a few, couple weeks ago when I went, and so it was like this, I think it was like a, a father and daughter duo, you know, and they're singing like you know four non-blondes or you know they're doing just like some stuff mm -hmm. but they're good you know and it's i was like wow you know it's kind of nice they they definitely had material together i'm sure that you know they sounded great and i was like yeah you know give the, you know there was no cover at the door of course you know they're trying just to get people in the bar and that's what they're doing as tips so you know yeah i went up and gave them what the cover would have been if I would have played there on a night, you know what I'm saying? Oh, and then yeah, as I have yeah. a couple of drinks and I give them another cover, you know? So I kind of was like, you know, it I hadn't gone out in this long, you know? So kicking them down a few yeah, bucks right. here was really good. And they were appreciate. And I saw that come back to me this past weekend, like totally just waves, totally. man. It was great.
tone. And I like uh, buying my friends' music. Yeah. You know, like uh, you you have friends that put out albums, and um, e- even if they upload it on Spotify, for example, where if you pay for Spotify, well, you don't have to buy any particular album. You just pay for the right. service. Uh, I mean, even if they put it up on Spotify and it's easy to access, I still try. I, I you know, I buy the album because how much does it cost? You know, 15 bucks, <coughs> ten, 10 bucks, 15 bucks, Deal. even if it's 20 bucks. I mean, people don't really know what it takes to make to produce an album. Right. Like the size of budget that you have to have to produce an album is uh, way more than 15 or 20 dollars. <laughs> yeah. So just to buy the product, you know, you you see you see somebody, especially if it's somebody that you know, somebody you want to support, local bands or whatever, it's great. You know, you go on there, you get on their website, and you just buy the album, man. It's funny and that you say that, man, because I still have a box full of like my old CDs there, man. Oh hell yeah, I still have a huge CD collection too. They're they're I still have them here. I wish I, I had back that. And I see through them, and it's like wow. I, I have old school like conjunto stuff like Tony Tony stuff. de la Rosa and like Ruben Bella and and old school South Texas. Oh, like, bro, I'm I'm all yeah. digital now, man. I you know a few well, years back, my I would carry all my my CDs, and of course I got they got ganked out of my car, man. You know, and so oh. that kind of but <clears throat> when that happened, that's when like digital started coming in, and right. so then it just started kind of building up from there and you know unfortunately yeah i'm I'm also like on the spotify stuff but then i'm i I do support uh bands whenever they have stuff i'll go buy it and still put it into my library yeah you know even if i might listen if i buy them and i still might listen to them on spotify if they're on on there you know i'll still go buy the the stuff you know right so yeah it makes sense it makes sense and it feels good too, like as an artist, you know, when you're selling albums and people are, and pe- you find, you see when somebody buys one of your albums, you're like, oh, yeah. Shit. yeah. And the funny part is, a lot of people now just they promote yeah. that they're on iTunes, Spotify. Yeah, this is the go to places, all, all, right? You know, yeah. Now, now it's like you can find our album. You know what's uh, really cool? Um, Bandcamp has been really cool. Um, Bandcamp yeah, Bandcamp good, really yeah. kind of does let the artists do quite a bit of their own sale you know but it's like getting people over there but once they're there they 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 do they they turn on the the clientele to different music and um it makes it real simple for the artists when they do make a transaction to go through there and sometimes Bandcamp waives their fees you know on fridays and stuff and they do things but you know i understand everybody's got to make somewhat a thing but to, they they've been really fair about it, and they and you're able to set your own price for your CDs. So if whatever they take, you know, you can definitely compensate for it. You know, and I like that service right. quite a bit. You know, as far as that goes, if you're buying from artists, you know, you can find a lot from there. But any way you can do it, you know, even like I said, even if it ends up just in my hard drive, because you know it's so hard sometimes to pile in a whole bunch. You can't, you know, we have all these gigs now, and we still don't have enough room, you know, for everything. And with like right. Spotify and iTunes, you can find anything you want without having to like, you know, put it into the hard drive of the device you're carrying, you know, yeah. like. I, I just, yeah. I, I couldn't look, I couldn't find my USB that connected to my, it's like an old dinosaur hard drive that I had uh-huh. there and I was trying to, 
uh, hook it up again because I had some music that I hadn't heard since back in college, and and I hook. I finally I ordered one through Amazon. <laughs> Everything because I was like, right. And if I finally got it, and it was pretty cool to go back and listen to a lot of those albums that I had. Literally, I had on CD, uh-huh. and I, you know. You burned converted, them. You yeah, like burned, burned them in, into, yeah. into MP3. Man, and, back in the day, huh? That was a big feat, too, to take it, it and send it over to that way, you know? And Huge, huge. Yeah, because you had to put it into the CD drive mm-hmm. that you had, and then you had to use, or it was a DVD burner. Mm-hmm. I think first it was like a separate thing. And it was a DVD burner, yeah, and an I external, think it had... It was an external drive, yeah, an external... An external, yeah, and then it would print it onto a blank CD. I mean, uh, I mean, it would extract it and make it into. Then you could take. Then you could uh, take that. Yeah, and then take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I have a, a whole bunch of old like uh, Latin breed CDs right. from there were albums from like the seventies and eighties that were pretty much only printed on vinyl, right? And then. I mean, maybe there was a few cassettes, yeah. or, you know, but of those old albums that were made in the 70s and 80s, they were all printed on vinyl, right? Maybe cassette tape, but mostly vinyl. So yeah. if you don't have the vinyl, well, there was no way to get. So I remember I would burn it from vinyl to CD and then from CD, you would convert it to an MP3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was I, I we did that. I did that a few times with, with a few things and then. It just started rolling over, and and you know once I lot once they once I got my whole majority of my collection stolen, I was just like bummed, man. I had stuff in there that was like you know, and but I was done. Like, gold, yeah, man. like I I carried everything. Like I was so young, stupid. I carry everything with me, you know. Like, <laughs> but then once I got in there, it was like you know I've lost a device, but I still managed to still keep all the music that I've had, you know. Like, right. so it just kind of went past from there, you know. And I was like, well. I had a bunch of CDs and boxes that were just, and I was like, you know what? It's, it's time to release these, man, you know, and just <laughs> uh, you let it go because it's just, it's, it's sad. It's yeah. taking up space in my dark garage, man. You know, maybe somebody will yeah. be turned on to this, you know? And it's crazy because you buy a car now and it doesn't even have a CD player no, anymore. No, everything, everything's no. Uh, digital. Yeah. Everything's digital now. And that media is, it's gone now, you know. I used to, I used to love going into Best Buy or <clears throat> any of those music stores just to go through CDs, man. Like, remember in the big plastic cases, like for whatever reason, they had to put it in those big <laughs> long cases, right? You know, the plastic. Oh, yeah. So like anti. Yeah, but like, what like, was, was the like point of that? That was crazy. You know, I know it's anti. I think I, think I would. <laughs> I, I think I would stop by. Uh, remember George CD Exchange, over in San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, I think exchange. I would. I think I would go buy a CD exchange like maybe like two or three times a week. Yeah, and I had no need for another album or anything, but I just like I would find something. Here it goes. Yeah, just... yeah. I would. I would try to save up my money every week, and if I could save up enough money, I could buy one album or one CD or one tape a week. Right. Yeah. Back then, a cassette tape was yeah, 10, ten bucks. bucks. Or, or 12 bucks. So it was like, okay, I could save up my money from chores or, or whatever, or like birthday gift money that you yeah. would get. And I, okay. And then you, <laughs> I would try to see if I could buy one tape a week. Sometimes, for the most part, I couldn't, right? Because you, you wouldn't be able to. But maybe I would buy one or two a month. Yeah. And, and, um, and little by little, like, you know, you're accumulating your, 
It was great. It was great. And there was a store in the mall in the 90s when we were kids called Sam Goody. Oh, yeah. Sam Goody. Sam Goody Music Store. And it, I think they were probably all in every mall back, back in those yeah. days. And and I remember just walking in, You would it had this smell. It had this particular smell of like, I don't know what it was. Like the but carpet like, or whatever. It's like the, like the, it's the a plastic. plastic yeah, and the plastics plastic. like of everything. The anti-theft was, plastic. Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, some had listening stations. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah. So you could preview the CD. You could jam it there for you know, a little bit. There was, was another place called Musicland. Musicland. We had Musicland. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, we had Musicland. And then we had Hastings. Um, but there was also these other, like, smaller independent stores, too, like Tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was, like, in this little strip mall. And it was, like, a small store. But that's where, like, I remember. In El Paso? No, this was in Las Cruces. This one in El Paso, what did they have down there? They had this head shop. I'm trying to remember what it was called. Um, but they they were sort of like the underground record store, you know, that you okay. could go in yeah. and go pick up something that you would never heard. But like, well, my dad, you know, I took him into tracks and uh, <laughs> and I'm getting into guitar and stuff, you know, and I hear this band called Iron Maiden. And I'm like, oh yeah, they they say this band, uh, this uh, this number of the Beast album, or this you know is uh, very awesome. <laughs> I bring it out to my dad, and my dad's just like, oh my god, like he's you know he's seeing like what I want, what I want to buy, you know. And I had to convince him, you know, that it's it's not what it is. But you know, he's looking at me like, yeah, right, you know. And you know, a long story short, we go well, we go a few years later, you know, and then we were talking about that story and i was like you know the that that did it influenced what i hear you know and i was able to tell them more about like you know i never really listened to the stories of the song. i mean i do there's some music that i really relate to the lyrics of the song you know and i'm mm -hmm. like whoa but for some reason in the in the metal genre i mean i don't know i never took it that seriously it's like a, it's like watching a horror movie i don't know i never really right 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 yeah. Yeah, and it, and it's more about like the musical precision that you have to have to make it actually sound. Yeah, and that's what I try to tell him. Like that's the metal is hard to play and make sound good, not shit. Yeah, and you know? and I don't know why, but that's that's what turned me on to music, you know. And and then when he would see what I ended up doing for a living, you know, and I'm playing in this like pseudo salsa band and this other, you know, and I'm doing these things and I'm playing songs that he remembered. And doing arrangements of them and like i'm figuring out like some arrangements for these songs and he was like wow man you know then he got it you know yeah. so all right man well hey so i we're gonna have to start wrapping up but before we do um we'd like to know what what you got up uh, what's coming up is there anything that you want to promote for both bands, Noy Los Santos and Nosotros, are there any upcoming shows, any projects, videos? Uh, let I us will. Know. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's quite a few things happening up here locally in the scene up here in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, both groups, Nosotros is going to be doing some things for the city of uh, Los Alamos, Albuquerque. Um, we're going to... Uh, Start working on some new material too during this time. We we kind of had this uh, idea for some things, and we added a lot of material to the group, which is great too. So as we get back out there, it's not like we're coming back either with the same stuff. So, um, and Noisu Santos has got some plans to do um, 
the Lotus Fest up there in uh, Bloomington, Indiana. September. That's in September, around September 24th, 25th of this year. And hopefully uh, Montreal, Canada, maybe in November. And then maybe out to New York, bro, in uh, January. Dude, Global Fest. Oh, yeah, Global Fest. So I'll let you know what's up. Pretty cool. Yeah, so... And then uh, you can find in- info of both of your projects. Yeah, online, check it out. Facebook, Instagram. Find me on Facebook. I'll, I'll leave you guys some links and stuff. But you can find me out there on Facebook, Randy Sanchez, Instagram, Ransan777. Um, nosotros, oh, yeah. Nois Santos, um, and just all that kind of stuff, man. So, But it's been a pleasure chatting with you guys, man, today, you know, and I was really happy to find this Laredo connection again online, you know, <laughs> get a little deeper into it, you know, so it's cool. Yeah. Well, it's awesome, it was man. a pleasure having you, man. Thanks for, thanks a lot for coming to, for recording with us today. Yeah. Thanks man. And I appreciate all the uh, chatting. It's been nice and I'll see you guys soon in person for sure. Yeah. And yeah. if you ever go down to Laredo, absolutely. Check out Jesse Regalado. Yeah. I'm going to have to make a trip down that way, man. It's been decades, right? I used to go down there wow. quite a bit. Oh, it's totally different. Man. Oh, yeah, man. I was such a little yeah. baby when I was there, you know, and um, I stayed pretty much in one area. And I couldn't even tell you where I was at now, you know, and <laughs> I, I'd, I'd love to, like, revisit and see what's up. But, um, yeah. I'll let you know when, when, when I'm going down there next. And, uh, yeah, we can make yeah, it. Yeah, because we'll always hang out. That'd there. be go great, man. Definitely, guys. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, brother. All right, Jess, you good, man? You got anything to say? Well, no, we're good, man. Uh, again, I appreciate it, and uh, good luck with with everything that's coming up in in the near future. Appreciate it, man. And uh, and stay safe out there, man. Thanks, man. George, what, what's up with the t-shirt? All right. Oh, yeah, I got my Ghostbusters. He ain't afraid t-shirt. no ghost. <laughs> he ain't afraid no. Who ghost. you gonna call, fellas? <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Uh, everybody, thank you for joining us. And we're uh, we're excited to see you next week and in the future. Uh, thanks for joining Ciao. us. Have see a good you. night. Bye bye.